Good morning. It's so glad to see each one out this morning. Uh, as we each come and join and worship this morning, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the Holy Spirit this morning. In our, uh, from Matthew, the first chapter, starting with the uh, 20 through 21. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, the son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary uh, home with you as your wife, because what she has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In our uh, <clears throat> announcements this morning, we got uh, a few uh, that to to place to remember. Uh, in uh, next uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, Ray Owens will be with us to, in our Bible study. And uh, next Sunday, also Ray Jones, I mean Ray Owens, will be <laughs> presenting us. Uh, sharing with us in our service. In our uh, announcements that uh, continue is uh, Carvin has a thank you note on the back of our bulletin thanking us for our generosity. Also in uh, a sign-up sheet in the back that will for uh, a Wednesday night service on the 22nd at uh, 6.30. And uh, also, next Sunday is uh, Christ's birthday offering. Let us remember and to give thanks for all he has done in remembering uh, to, uh, his blessings. James. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, Reverend, if you would come up. Scott, you and Rebecca, come up, please. And they've gone to get Melissa and uh, Hannah. Melissa, Hannah, come up, please. They're going to sing this morning for us. In appreciation from the church. Y'all can come over here and stay. <laughs> from the church, we appreciate each of you and uh, the work that you do here at the church for us. Always. I know a lot of people, we take these screens for granted, but somebody has to put that on there. Appreciate that. And she's always got program for the kids. Sometimes we have less kids, but she's always prepared. We appreciate the work that she does for the kids. Melissa, she's always here for the uh, nursery, and we appreciate that. Scott and Rebecca. Sometimes Rebecca makes miss a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate you. We appreciate the love that you have for our people here and that uh, building in and having us back. So let's give them a hand, please. Hannah. Well, so this is just a small gift for appreciation, Ruben. this morning as we be in our worship service singing a beautiful song let us adore him
joy. The joy of the Lord makes our hearts sing. The joy of the Lord brightens our days and lightens our souls at our load. The joy of the Lord is unspeakable and full of glory. It helps us recall God's promises. The joy of the Lord is accessible every day. It gives us the strength we need to stand. You see, Everything written in the days of old were recorded to give us instructions for living. We find encouragement through the scriptures and a call to perseverance that will produce hope, helpful living, hopeful living. I pray that our God who calls you and gives you perseverance and encouragement will join all of you together to share one mind according to Jesus, the anointed one. In this unity, you will share one voice as you glorify the one true God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, our liberating King. We thank you, God, for loving us and sending us your Son that we might be saved. Father, we are forever grateful. Amen. Thank you, ladies. It was beautiful. Won't you join us? We sing joy to the world, and you can't do that sitting down. Joy to the world, okay? <laughs> together and how great our joy. All these songs of joy bring joy, doesn't it?
children here today and it's good to see each your face here today too. We're very thankful to have Scott Lamb and Rebecca that have shared with us this year and have loved us and us love them as one of our families. We're thankful for each one that uh, is here this morning to be a part of our congregation and to be a part of our family. Uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, uh, we are to remember uh, the Betty Almond family, Sandy Adams, Ken McConnell, Jerry Crane, Mary and L.B. Honeycutt, uh, Christians Worldwide, Children of Promise, uh, Meredith uh, Vicker, in the COVID situation, uh, in our search team as we search for a pastor and uh, we also remember the people in Kentucky and, uh, uh, that have suffered uh, death and destruction up there but we know that God's still in control and that it still has the situation under control that he can uh, he sees the needs and the griefs of each person up there. And let us all join our hearts uh, towards prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much that you have blessed us here in Northeast Louisiana has protected us and blessed in so many ways. But we ask that you will be with the bereaved ones that have lost loved ones in this Mayfield, Kentucky. Just pray that you will be very near them, comfort them, and fill this void that they have in their life. The destruction that have lost everything that they possess in their own, but we know that you can supply their needs. Pray a blessing the service this morning. Just pray that your anointment of your Holy Spirit upon Scott this morning. Just give him the words to speak to us and to bless us. God and direct in each of our lives as we go from this, that we'll be blessed and filled up with the, uh, your blessing. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good to see your smiling faces again here this morning. I'm glad to be back with you. And uh, Rebecca and I have uh, really enjoyed our time uh, being with you and the opportunity we've had to get to know you better and uh, be in services with you and worship together with you. And um, it's been our, our joy to be able to do that. And that's what our topic is this morning, isn't it? Joy, I appreciate the uh, church uh, participating in the the Advent season, 
lighting of the candles and the readings and stuff has been really good. Thank you ladies for, for doing that this morning. So we continue this morning celebrating in the Advent season and the great Christmas gifts that we have through Christ. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And we've uh, discussed hope and love the last couple weeks. And uh, today our, our theme, our topic is joy. That's what we'll focus on today. So I appreciate those um, helping us get into that mindset this morning through the music and uh, through the, the Advent readings. Our uh, theme for Advent this season, this, this year, I mean, is Christmas together for all the people. You've probably gotten the, uh, the little bookmarks or the, the book that was out there for it. But a Christmas together for all the people. And the, the Christian Women Connection has selected the key scripture as Luke 2.10. And I've read it each week. But I'm going to read it again. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Luke 2.10. And I believe it's very fitting for this morning's theme of joy. I think you probably already know the setting for this scripture, but let's take a couple minutes this morning and read some of the surrounding verses to gain some more context. So we're going to read, uh, just jump right in there this morning and read from Luke chapter 2, and let's start with verse 2. How about 3? <laughs> And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, what angels always say, right? <laughs> Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made, no, made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Probably heard that before, right? It's beautiful. And I love, uh, I can't get uh, tired of reading it and, and just uh, bringing that into our, our worship time this morning. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What causes great joy for you? Um, Reuben was recognized up here earlier as... Uh, doing all these things to get things on the screen for us, and I appreciate him. As good as he is, there was one thing he was not able to do today. <laughs> and that was play a video that I was wanting to try to play this morning to kind of uh, so, show something that maybe brings joy to people. And you've probably seen it. 
because it had 122 million views on YouTube. So you may have seen it. But it was uh, of the baby hysterically laughing at the dad who's just ripping some paper in front of her. She's sitting on the couch. I'm, okay, I'm going to try this. I haven't worn the sound guys back there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just play the audio of this baby laughing, and hopefully it'll come through. Hey, Larry, should I do it on this one or this one? This one up here? Okay. So I'm going to play this audio and see if, I'm, if you've heard this one before. doing is ripping some paper in front of her and she just thinks it's the funniest thing ever. You'll have to go home and watch it or whatever. This goes on for minutes and minutes and she's just sitting there just laughing and laughing and laughing and that can be contagious, can it? When we uh, hear laughter, especially that pure laughter from a baby, you know, and um, unadulterated laughter is just pure joy and at the silliest thing, but it's just a joy that's expressed in this laughter, and it's contagious, isn't it? Joy can be contagious, can it? Laughing is a universal language. I think you probably would not argue with this Dr. Dashar Keltner, a professor of psychology at UC Berkeley, who says, joyous laughter is a universal human experience. So whether you speak the language of someone or not, people understand laughter and joyous laughter especially. And we can communicate almost with each other through things like that. I don't know if you've had an experience like that before. I don't know if it's because of their pureness or what, but laughing babies in particular <laughs> seem to be really good at spreading a contagious type of joy. Wouldn't you agree? It's been said that laughter is good medicine. And I agree. Laughter is good for us. A smile on someone else's face is just as good as one on our own, it seems. All right, some of you are giving me smiles back, so I appreciate that. Sometimes it's hard to contain yourself or hold the laughter back in certain situations. Any uh, can testify to that? Maybe at the most inopportune time, that uh, giggling starts kind of bubbling up in you. And uh, I, I have a memory of, as a child, sitting in the pew in Sunday morning church at Goodwill, and something, I don't even remember what it was that was funny, but something between me and my brother and my cousin, well, all we had to do was think about looking at each other. And we were just busting out laughing or whatever. And, you know, we get the stern looks from the parents and the grandparents of like, you know, you better behave, calm down or whatever. But that, I'm sure that's happened to you too, right? You just uh, get it and you just get the giggles all of a sudden. And this just bubbles up in you where you can't control yourself. Um, what causes us to have feelings of joy and happiness? While some things are pretty universal, like laughing babies, <laughs> the triggers are likely different from one person to the next. What makes me happy could be different from what makes you happy. I might really be happy from roller coasters, but you might really be frightened to death <laughs> by a roller coaster, right? So things may be different from one person to the next on what makes us happy. What does the Bible say about happiness and joy? And is there a difference? From our, our key scripture this morning, we can see that the good news that the angel shared caused great joy, it said. Good news put the shepherds on a journey that changed the trajectory of their life and untold others. Isaac Watts turned that into a song that we always sing at Christmas time and we sang it this morning. You know which one that is? Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. 
Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. The next uh, verse says, Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. So men, get to singing. While fields and flocks, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. That's a beautiful scripture, Isaiah 61.10, if you're taking notes, you know, write that down. That speaks of the joy that we have in God. And what He's done for us, what He's clothed us in. It says, clothed us with garments of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Daniel O. Teasley wrote another song of joy. Matter of fact, that's the title, A Song of Joy. And it goes, there's joy, glad joy. You know this one? Now flowing from above, there's joy, glad joy in the fullness of His love. It's about God and His love. That's where our joy comes from. 1 Peter 1.8 1 Peter 1.8 oh, That's 2 Peter, sorry. 1 Peter 1.8 And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Speaking of Jesus. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Or you may remember it as the King James says it, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Man, I'm on a, I'm on a roll with these songs, huh? You got a song in your head right now, don't you? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I have found His grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. And I could go on and read the rest of the lyrics. They're really good. But I like that line in the chorus that says, It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. So no matter how we might try to express it or speak of it, we can't even get halfway there, can we? In explaining the joy that's found where? In the Lord. The joy that's found in the Lord. It's inexpressible, unspeakable, the Scripture says. There's so many passages of Scripture about joy and rejoicing. Romans 5.13 says, May the God of hope, and we read this one a couple weeks ago when we were talking about hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your, what? Your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Philippians 4.4 Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. I like that word rejoice. I, it's kind of a mashup word to me because it's joy and voice, right? It's like you're putting a voice to your joy. That's what rejoice is. You're putting a voice to your joy. So it says rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. And then in the Psalms, of course, it's just all over the place in the Psalms with joy. Here's just a couple. Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. And Psalm 511, Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. 
be joyful in you. This is the key to true joy, isn't it? That it's found in Him. It's found in the Lord. Now you might be thinking, now wait a minute, Scott. <laughs> is there something wrong with me? I'm not feeling this happiness, this, this joy, this feeling that makes me want to shout for joy like you're reading about. What's going on? What am I missing? Well, let's face it. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't feel like shouting for joy, do you? Remember um, Pastor Doyce Smith that was our, our worship pastor for a long time at Oakmont, and then he became the senior pastor. He would used to say in those times like that when you just don't feel like it, he said that's when you bring a sacrifice of praise, right? It's a, it's a sacrifice for you to praise the Lord. It's a sacrifice. You're having to really dig in and get something in you to, to praise the Lord. And when you sacrifice, when you bring a sacrifice of praise like that, God is honored in that. And you're going to find some joy. You're going to find some joy in that. Dig in. Just reminding yourself of the joy that's inside you. If God's in there, you have joy in there. Maybe it seems like everywhere you turn, something is trying to steal your joy. You ever felt like that? Maybe something or someone is getting under your skin and you find your joy seems to be just slipping away. Listen to what Lisa Turkhurst in Living Life on Purpose says about choosing joy. There's a paragraph here I'm going to read. If I can't rejoice and be glad today, I will never rejoice and be glad. I will waste the joyous opportunities of today waiting for tomorrows that may or may not ever come. If I wait until life slows down, if I wait until the sun comes back, if I wait until the kids are older and less demanding, if I wait until I lose some weight, if I wait until my husband gets that raise, then I'll spend my whole life waiting rather than living and being glad. And then what the scripture said, rejoice and be glad. Be glad. She goes on to say, the joys of life are found in and amongst life itself. Yes, life is full of frustrations, disappointments, pain, and suffering. But no matter what we are facing, having an attitude of joy will allow us to find the good that God promises us is there. If an oyster can make a pearl out of an irritating grain of sand, just think what you could do if in every situation you chose to rejoice. It's a choice, isn't it? We can choose to have joy because it's choosing God. It's choosing Him. He is our joy. And we can rejoice in Him and what He's doing for us and what He's already done for us. The thing is, no matter how grim things may appear, those of us who trust in the Lord do have a reason to rejoice, to have joy. Our faith in what God has done and in what He is doing for us helps us to be able to see past the momentary trouble to what lies ahead. And in that, we can rejoice, right? This is where many of us in the church tend to want to make the distinction between joy and happiness. We do this a lot, don't we? Defining joy as an attitude we can have despite the circumstances we're in. And happiness is just a, a feeling that comes and goes depending on how things happen to be going at the time. I guess this helps explain to us why it's okay to not always walk around with the continuous songs of rejoicing. I can somewhat follow this line of reasoning that would have us separate the two. But I also think that when God's Spirit gives us the gift of joy, then we're happy people. What's wrong with showing it? Right? <laughs> Christians should be joyful, and happiness should characterize our lives. I don't mean just a fake smile that we carry around with us just for show. 
I mean a happiness that shows on the outside the joy that's on the inside. Sure, we're going to have bad days, right? You might be having one right now. <laughs> we're, going to have, we're going to have bad days, and maybe it's a day when it seems like happiness is way out of reach. Probably had days like that, right? Seems like happiness is just beyond our grasp. And maybe the smile is way down deep and you can't seem to quite to bring it up. We're in a battle after all. It's not just all roses and sunshine all the time, is it? We're in a battle. Let's try to keep reminding each other who's the winner at the end, right? And I think that'll help us find the joy again. It might look different, slightly different from day to day, but joy should be a constant in the life of one who has newness of life through Christ. And happiness should be an attribute that shows itself more than just every now and then. So happiness. Let's talk about this happiness for a moment. Isn't it true that we sometimes look for happiness in all the wrong places? And isn't it also true that in our culture, we put a lot of importance on happiness? Think about that. I mean, how many times have we heard people say, or even said it ourselves, as long as it makes you happy, right? We've said that, or we've heard that a bunch. As, as long as it makes you happy, as if to say that happiness is the be-all and the end-all, that being happy is the ultimate goal. And whatever it takes to accomplish that is what you should do. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's wrong to pursue happiness. And I don't think God thinks it's wrong either. I believe God is happy when He sees that we're happy, but only when it's a happiness that comes from Him. When it's a happiness that comes from Him. I think it breaks God's heart, really, when He sees us seeking happiness in worldly pleasures and selfish ambitions. When He knows that our true happiness and joy is found only in Him. God wants happiness for me. My problem comes when I believe that my happiness is determined by me. Maybe you can follow me on this. We touched on this a little earlier when I was talking about how things that make me happy might not necessarily make you happy. You know, different strokes for different folks, that kind of thing. Therefore, we have the mindset that happiness for me is what I decide that it is. So from this, we can draw the false conclusion that if God wants me happy, and I decide what makes me happy, then God must want me to pursue what makes me happy. And this can be dangerous, especially if my pursuit for happiness takes me away from God's will. Are you following me on this? Or am I getting too far out there? Did I lose you? <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is that a me-centered approach, a me-centered approach to happiness is not really the correct path to take. I might think that I know what would make me happy. But what about God? What about what God thinks? Maybe He knows best. Well, what about God giving me the desires of my heart? You might be asking. <laughs> How does that play into this? Whatever it is that I think will make me happy, isn't God saying that He will give me that desire? Now let's look at that scripture. Psalm 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Wow, that sounds so great, doesn't it? When I take delight, let's not forget about the first part. When I take delight in God, when you take delight in something, that means you desire to be with it. You, you take delight in it. You want to be there. You want to be present with it. When I take delight in the Lord, I want to be present with Him. I want to be there with Him. 
And if that is my desire, God will give me the desire of my heart by being with me. The focus is not getting what I want, what I think will make me happy, but finding my true delight in the Lord. If we delight in the Lord, He becomes our desire. God will gladly give me more of Himself to those of us who seek Him. And in Him, we find true happiness and joy. And that's what this is all about this morning. The joy of the Lord. Joy in life. Where is our true joy? It's in Him. The Apostle Paul teaches us that happiness is not necessarily something that's just innate in us. Something that's natural in us. But he says it's learned. Happiness is learned. He talks about it in the terms of a word called contentment. Contentment. Author David McClister says this. The fact is that our emotions are not supposed to be our masters. We are to be the masters of our emotions. And that includes teaching ourselves to like some things and to dislike others. You following that? I have learned, this is what Paul said in Philippians 4.11, I have learned whatever state I'm in to be content. And that's a form of being happy. Happiness. I have learned whatever state I'm in, whatever the circumstance is, to be content. Did you hear what he's saying? I have learned. So uh, McClister goes on to say, we can put this another way. If we begin with the flawed idea that my happiness is determined by me and that I naturally know what makes me happy, what we've done is put selfishness in the driver's seat of our lives. The flesh is now in control, and this is exactly opposite of the way a Christian is supposed to live, according to Romans chapter 8. Starting with a self-centered idea of happiness will only make us worldly people, and being worldly will not make us happy. At least not for long. And that's the part I added. Because <laughs> there are millions of people living in this world who are chasing the pleasures of this world, and they're experiencing some happiness, aren't they? But it's short-lived. It's short-lived and will not last and will eventually no longer satisfy. So we have to unlearn the world's idea of happiness that says that my happiness is determined by me. And we have to relearn, as Paul says, we have to relearn the truth that my happiness lies in my relationship with God. My relationship with God. Until we're convinced of this, we'll never truly be joyful and happy people. Paul relearned what true happiness is. This is why he could say that he was content in any circumstance. McClister, the author I was reading from earlier, he says this of Paul. His happiness was not determined by his physical circumstances. You think about Paul. He had some physical circumstances that were pretty bad. Prison, to just to name a few, to just to name one. It was, his happiness was not even determined by his own feelings of happiness. No, Paul had come to learn that real, true happiness is being right with God. And if we, if we have that, nothing else really matters. Hence, his ability to be content with anything in life. If we look to the Bible, which we're doing, we'll see that true happiness lies not in ourselves and not in this world, but in our relationship with God. And I think this is a clue, a clue to the importance that God places on happiness. Remember earlier I said, we as a culture seem to place a lot of weight, a lot of importance on happiness. And God values happiness, but not like we do. This gives us a clue of where he, what he really thinks is important. Righteousness. Righteousness. Our righteousness, not necessarily our happiness, 
but our righteousness is what's important to God. My being right with God. My being in a right relationship with God. It's so important to God that He sent His Son to die a cruel, sacrificial death so that we could be righteous before God. Jesus traded His righteousness. Remember, He, was per he lived the perfect life. He traded His righteousness for our sin so that we could be righteous before God. And as we learn from Paul, that right relationship is what leads to true happiness and joy in our life. Think about that, that you're right with God. That's your basis for happiness and joy in your life. I'm right with God because of what Jesus did for me. So let's, uh, let's finish up with joy here. There's a few more verses I want to read. Joy. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus. Remember John chapter 15? This is an awesome passage about the vine and the branches. And toward the end of this, Jesus says this. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. That my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. These are the words of Jesus. Spoken at the end of this lesson about the vine and the branches. It seems to be saying here that there may be a certain amount of joy in my life. There's things of this world that can bring me happiness and joy. There may be a certain amount of joy in my life. That's what he said, your joy. But that joy will increase to the full, Mark. Right? That joy that's in me will increase to the full once His joy is in me. Because He says, My joy may be in you. So once His joy is in me, my joy can be full. Full joy. Sounds kind of like the word joyful. Huh? That's when we can be joyful. Joyful, joyful. We adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Joyful. We can be full of joy. And He puts His joy in us. It brings it up to the full mark. John 16, this will be the last passage of Scripture I'll share with us as we close. John 16, verses 20 through 22. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking to His disciples. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. Don't you love that? I'll come again, and when I'm with you again, no one will take your joy away from you, because I'll be with you. Verse 21 of this passage, Jesus makes a comparison to a woman during childbirth. And even though there's anguish, the child brings great joy, he says. And even today, we sometimes say that a baby is a bundle of joy, right? <laughs> you heard people use that expression. A baby is a bundle of joy. Now, if you've raised a baby... <laughs> You know that it's not always smiles and giggles, right? <laughs> it's tough. It can get pretty rough sometimes. But there is joy. There is joy. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples as he was telling them that he was about to leave them. But there would be joy again, he said, when he returned. As I mentioned earlier... Many things may come against us each day that could threaten to steal our joy. 
But Jesus is saying here, I believe, that if we have him, no one can take our joy from us. His presence with us equals joy in our lives. His presence in us equals joy in our lives. This joy that we have, the world didn't give it to us, so the world can't take it away. So how about we share it? <laughs> how about we share it today? Remember what we said at the beginning of the message, joy is contagious. I tried to play the little video, that didn't work, but you, I think you got a little grasp of the audio of the little baby. It's just contagious. Joy is like that. It can be contagious. Let's spread it around. I mean, there's lots of things that we don't want that are getting spread around, right? But let's spread something around that it would be good for everybody to have. Some joy. It could start with just a smile. We could practice that this morning, right? The baby we read about in Luke, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, was a bundle of joy for Mary and Joseph, I would imagine. He's a bundle of joy for us as well today. Jesus, our joy. Joy is experienced in the presence of Jesus and has the power to bring us together. And that's what the Advent season this, this year is all about. People coming together in the Christmas season. And we come together in joy this morning in His presence. This joy is a deep sense of wellness and inner peace regardless of our circumstances. And as we all come together this season, let's share in the joy of Christmas. You know I couldn't end without one more quote from a song. <laughs> I found the joy, I referred to this song earlier, but I didn't read this, this line of it. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory roll. It's like a great overflowing, or the, actually in the hymn it says o'erflowing. It's like a great o'erflowing well springing up within my soul. So like an overflowing well springing up within us, let's let that joy that we found in Christ spill over onto other people around us this Christmas season and every season to come. You feel like having some joy spill over on you? Or, I like it when it spills over on me too. But how about it spill over out of us onto somebody else too? We could do that today. Let's uh, stand together as the, uh, as the musicians come, lead us in a closing song. I don't know what they had in mind for our closing song, but probably has something to do with joy. <laughs> right? So uh, let's pray as they're coming forward. Dear God, we're so thankful for Jesus. We know our joy, our true joy, our true happiness is found in you. God, the right relationship we have with you because of what Jesus did for us, that's our source of true joy. And God, no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance we go through, what hard times, what difficulties that we're faced with, in our faith in what you've done for us and what's to come, we can see past those things to what lies ahead. And God, we can have joy. We're thankful for the joy you give us. God, help us to be able to be like the song we just said. We'll be like it bubbling up in us and spilling over out of us onto somebody else. God, let's help spread this joy around. God, we'll be that, that church that you've called us to be as we do that. God, uh, we love you. We're thankful for the joy. Help us to be able to spread it and just be contagious to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee.
just wanted to tell y'all Merry Christmas. Rebecca and I will not uh, be here for the next three weeks, I think, so um, we're going to uh, miss being here with you, but um, it's been a joy <laughs> serving, serving you and serving with you and worshiping with you over these uh, last few months, and uh, we'll see you again in a, in a few weeks, but we won't see you next week and the week after that for Christmas, so we just wanted to give our uh, our our well wishes for y'all to have a, a Merry Christmas and a great time with your families. And um, I'll turn it over to Conrad. It has been a joy and a pleasure to have Scott and Rebecca here with us. Uh, <clears throat> they've been a great blessing to us. Circumstances may rob you of your happiness, but nothing will ever stop you from God's joy to have in your life. And in this Christmas season, to extend to each one a joy and happiness to each, each one having a blessed Christmas. And <clears throat> let us close with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for blessing us in each and every way. You are great and mighty. You hear and understand our prayer request. You understand our needs in our life. Just help us as we live in this Christmas season and enjoy the festival of the lights and the sounds of Christmas that we will each know that the true meaning of Christmas is your son, Jesus. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.